Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and got a tremendous hour for you as Mike Pritchard, he does absolutely amazing work at the network. He's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes, 11.15 p.m. Pacific time for those of you out there on the East Coast, 2.15 a.m. We're going to be chatting with him about what we're going to be seeing from a little bit of a futures perspective in the NFL. Dive into some season wins. Ask him a question or two about the NFL draft as well, because that is going to be happening out here in lovely Las Vegas in the next few weeks. That is going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to have you stacked up with wall-to-wall coverage here on the Sports Betting Network with regards to that. Mike Pritchard is going to be a big part of it, so we're going to be chatting with him in the second segment of this hour. With that regard, we're going to be taking a little bit of a look and Major League Baseball throughout the rest of the show as well because that season is going to be getting started up as well. And in the first hour, we wind up hitting upon what I'm giving out for DK Nation on Saturday as well. We've been getting a little bit more hot with these as well. I believe that I've now been able to hit 8 out of my last 11, so that's relatively solid right there. If you can go 8-3 and three and 11 picks, trust me, you're doing very, very solid. Do not let the people on Twitter saying that they hit like 95% of their bets wind up telling you otherwise because, well, if they are, they're probably laying like minus 10,000, so they're actually not profitable because when you take a look at the juice, that's not necessarily too terrific. So always be on the lookout for that. And we're going to diatribe here for a few seconds and say that, thank goodness gracious, we wind up having Wi-Fi back. For those of you guys that you wind up going to any sort of an establishment or anything like that, and everything is just down due to Wi-Fi. I think that it's just absolutely interesting when it comes to the way of the world in general. I was out here at Circa, and there were a lot of people I couldn't wind up cashing out for quite a while because of it as well. Just very incredible that the world in general has been reliant upon that much. So I do always find that to be just a little bit funny, but... With that said, now that we gave you your thinking moment of the day as to what the world would be if we wind up having Wi-Fi shut down for like a month and a half or something like that, let's dive into some actual games. Let's go Duke versus North Carolina. This is a Final Four game that we have yet to necessarily give you the side in total on as right now you're fighting North Carolina pretty much across the board as a four-point underdog. You did wind up seeing earlier in the week this was actually four and a half in a lot of spots. That was quickly bet back down to the four that we've got right now in the total. In a lot of places, you're finding a 151. We've seen a couple straight 151 and a half wind up popping up as well. And if you like me, do you think that North Carolina is going to be able to keep this close and you're leaning a little bit towards the points? I would say hold off at this point because when it comes down to it, I don't think that people are going to be fading Duke. I don't think that there's any way that you're going to get a better number on Duke when it comes to the day of the game than you're able to get right now, which currently it's at four, like I said, it was at four and a half a little bit earlier on in the week, but I just don't see how people wind up fading Coach K in this spot. I do think that this is going to be a classic close game between Duke versus North Carolina. I mean, you take a look at it. It's something like 40 or 50 and 49 that Coach K is in his last 99 attempts against North Carolina. This has been one of the most equal and just one of the most bitter rivalries in all of sports, and rightfully so. You take a look at it, and it's a North Carolina team that they've got, in my opinion, the best sheer rebounder in this game. That'd be Armando Baycott. Baycott wound up having a 20-20 and game against St. Peter's. Now, 
obviously St. Peter's doesn't quite have the athletes that Duke does, but the fact that he was able to be that focused, the fact that he was able to do as much as he did in that game, nothing short of incredible. You got a Duke team that has been the most consistent offensive team here in the NCAA tournament. They're been able to score 78 plus points in each out of the four games here in the NCAA tournament. And I mentioned it in the first hour. We have seen one first half over and we've seen one full game over in the NCAA tournament since the beginning of the Sweet 16. So last 12 NCAA tournament games, we've seen one over of each and both involved Duke. The full game over was one they wanted playing against Texas Tech. The first half over is one they wanted playing against Arkansas. Probably should have two full game overs because the fact that that Arkansas versus Duke over did not wind up hitting was probably the worst beat of the NCAA tournament for anyone that wound up having the over. Thoughts and prayers to you there because boy, oh boy, the fact that Arkansas did not wind up fouling down nine with 50 seconds ago, it was strange. We'll just call it that. It was strange. So you did wind up having the underwind depending in that one. But I do think that when it comes to this game, even though you do have a North Carolina team that we're going to call what it is, they're relatively up-tempo. Their defense has been a little bit better as well, giving up 72 points or fewer and now five out of their last six games. And for North Carolina, is the three-point shooting defense incredible? No, we would be lying to you if we told you otherwise. But with that said, it's been a little bit better here down the stretch. North Carolina has now gotten in the top 150 with the guards points a lot on a per-possession basis. And I really do think that you need to take into account the human element, the elements that maybe aren't going to be showing up as much on a set sheet or a spreadsheet in that this is about as high of a pressure game as you're ever going to find. This is the first ever matchup between Duke versus North Carolina in the NCAA tournament. I'm not telling you anything new here, but I'm just saying with regards to this, you got to feel like if you do wind up having something of this magnitude, if you wind up having just things in general like this, if you were playing in this game, I think that you'd be a little bit more afraid to make a mistake, especially if you're Duke. You don't want to be sending out Coach K around earlier than you'd want him to. You want him to be able to get to the title game. You feel a lot of pressure on you. And for North Carolina, I feel like they are getting a little bit forgotten about with their motivation because we're all talking about, oh, Duke, it's the last ride for Coach K. Oh, they wound up losing at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And it's like, and North Carolina's here for a very nice po boy, and they might be able to get a win as well. It's like, uh, for North Carolina, this is a really big stinking deal right here. This is a bunch of which they were the lone team to really not grant Coach K a gift when he wound up going on the road, which if you're making a big deal out of that, I really don't know what to tell you. I can tell you right now, Coach K is probably not because he's got so many things on his wall right now that's not even funny. I think that the gifts that he's received over the years He's probably got like five different pods of storage. So, I mean, the fact that he didn't wind up getting a piece of like the Dean Dome or something like that, the fact that they didn't wind up giving him a charming fruit basket. Oh, well, I mean, that's just what I say. Suck it up. It's, it's not a big deal. But what is a big deal is this rivalry itself. These two schools are separated by fewer than 20 miles. There is going to be a immense amount of pressure. And I think all the guys in this game know that if they wind up going off in this game, they are going to be a legend forever in this rivalry. And typically, when it winds up coming to these sorts of games, it's guys that you don't necessarily think about that wind up being able to step up. Like in the first game of this rivalry, it was A.J. Griffin who wound up completely going off. He had like seven or eight made threes for Duke in that game. So I do think that that's intriguing to take a look at. And if you take a look at player props, I would say that you want to be shopping around on a lot of these because if you wind up going to DraftKings when it comes to player props, AJ Griffin's threes prop at last check, it was at one and a half, but you wind up having the juice right around minus 170, minus 175. You just don't want to be laying that sort of juice on player props. And I mentioned it in the first hour as well when it comes to just what we're seeing with regards to these final four games. You've got a lot more things to be able to take a look at, things that you might be able to pick up with regards to it. And I do think that it is a case in which if you see something that you like with a player prop, don't feel like you are going off the beaten path or something like that with regards to it. And also don't feel like you need to force up action to be able to force up action. Like if you're taking a look at player props with regards to scoring in this game, if you think that Armando Baycott is going to get between 16 and 17 points right now, his player prop at DraftKings for points is 16 and a half. Don't feel like, oh, well, there's only two games. I need to force up action. Don't do it. If you don't see any sort of an edge, really, with regards to these player props, 
don't play them. I personally am someone that I'm not much of a player props guy. I'm just going to be going strictly with my side, strictly with my total. That's the way that I wind up playing it. And I mean, when it comes down to it, I do an okay job of being able to take a look at props. It's nothing scorched earth. It's nothing to where I'd be just having to eat ramen noodles for a month or anything like that either. I just wind up just sticking with what has allowed me to be successful. But I do think that it is very intriguing that you've got yourself a case in which you've got a lot of guys when it comes to this game that you could see a lot of boom potential. Like I think that Mark Williams is the best peer is the best peer rim protector in this game. A guy that's able to give you three blocks per contest. And I think that he's really been the forgotten guy with Duke. I was talking about it a little bit earlier. If you're looking at a little bit of an alternative way to be able to take a look at futures, I do think that taking a look at the most outstanding player is a little bit of one that you might want to take a look at when it comes to DraftKings. They've currently got Mark Williams at 20 to one. That could be an avenue that you wind up looking at rather than taking Duke at a plus 155 because I ultimately do think that Duke is going to be able to get the job done in this game. I don't see a way in which Duke winds up necessarily falling in this game. I just think that this is going to be a one to two possession game. I wind up saying my line on this game at four. Mentioned it a little bit earlier. I don't think that there's any way humanly possible we wind up seeing this get down to Duke three and a half or less. I just think that it's a case in which you're going to see. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my day. See a lot of people piling day on the day of the game, and they're going to be taking Duke Moneyline. They're going to be taking Duke on the spread. They're going to be taking Duke to be able to win the national title game. It's going to be Duke, Duke, Duke. So I do think that you're going to be able to get a little bit more value if you wind up waiting on North Carolina. At four exactly, I would take the points before I wind up playing the points. I personally am going to hold steady. Hope that this winds up getting down to a four and a half. If I have to settle for four, I have to settle for four. But mentioned it a little bit earlier with the human element. I do think that playing this game in the New Orleans Superdome. It is going to cause for the line of sight to be off with these shooters a little bit. And just take a look at the home and road splits for both of these teams. Both of these teams do see a little bit of a dip in their three-point shooting when they do leave their friendly confines, more specifically North Carolina as well. A team that shoots 39% from three-point range at the Deem Dome. When it comes to a road and neutral court environment, they've been shooting more around 34%. From three-point range. So I take a look at this subtle. It's currently at 151. I like the under uh, with North Carolina. Mentioned it a little bit earlier. At four exactly, I'd be taking the points before I'd be laying the points. But I'm going to try to see if we can wind up getting a four and a half the day of the game. And wind up taking that. So that is my handicap with regards to Duke UNC. And coming up next, we're going to be handicapping a little bit of NFL with Mike Pritchard. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN. The Sports Bank Network.
practicing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Here at VSIN, we have launched a whole bunch of city casts. These are all powered by Bet Rivers for you to be able to get a little bit more sports betting discussion around your favorite local teams. We've got city casts all across the country. You've got Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. We've added Washington, D.C. in the mix as well. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever your podcast says. It is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And it's great to be joined by our guest. Mike Pritchard does absolutely tremendous work over here at the network. A former first-round pick himself. He absolutely tore it up when he was at Colorado, did a great job in the NFL as well. So you've got tremendous perspective here. Now he's tearing it up as a part of the VEASAN team. And Mike, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. A pleasure to be on your show, man. It is a pleasure to have you aboard. I know that I've joined you guys over there at Betting Across America every Tuesday. It's always been a pleasure to do that. So nice set. Now that we've got a little bit of a reversal here because NFL draft is going to be coming up within the next few weeks. And when it comes to the NFL draft, I'm not sure about you, but it just feels like there's more unknowns this year than in the past, because typically you're able to pencil in the first couple picks. And then from there, things wind up getting a little bit more haywire, but even here at the top, because you don't necessarily have that one top flight quarterback. I feel like there's a lot of mystery and it's really hard to be able to tell where some of these guys are going to be going. So I do think that there is going to be a lot more volatility when it comes to some of these numbers with regards to over unders on these guys with regards to their draft standing. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on top of that too, Greg, you have two teams in the, in the city of New York uh, that have two draft choices each within a top 10 picks. So, you know, there's going to be fireworks because you got the giants and the jets trying to compete in that market. And, and, and they both have top 10 picks uh, right there in the first round too. And then you have a number of teams with multiple picks in the first round, not only volatility, I think we could see a lot of trades. You mentioned the fact that there's no, uh, runaway quarterback situation in which you know, there's going to be desperate teams for that key quarterback. Uh, I think there's a number of quarterbacks that perhaps could go uh, in the first round, maybe a couple of them, but uh, I don't know if, if they're going to go that high. So when they're not going to go that high, it's really intriguing uh, about how all the teams have the players rated on their board. Do they have a defensive end rated pretty high? Do they have an offensive tackle rated pretty high? Or do they have a receiver? Uh, rate are pretty high. So I'm highly intrigued about the draft coming up in a matter of weeks. Yep. I do agree with you there. And right now, if you're taking a look at DraftKings, it's minus 200 on Malik Williams to be the first quarterback selected. And I think that it's going to be really intriguing to see where the landing spot is going to be, because a lot of the teams that have needed quarterbacks. They wound up making trades. You wound up seeing it with the Atlanta Falcons trading away Matt Ryan a few weeks ago, even the Pittsburgh Steelers. It wasn't necessarily so much a trade as they were able to pick up Mitchell Trubisky as well. So a lot of these teams that you figure, Hey, they might wind up drafting a quarterback. They've instead decided that they're going to be able to make a trade. Obviously Cleveland being able to get Deshaun Watson into the fold. That has certainly helped them out as well. So I do think that when it comes to the first quarterback coming in off the board, I think it's going to be so fascinating because even a team like the New York Jets, do you want to be drafting quarterbacks in back-to-back years as well? So I think it makes it very murky as to where the lightning spot for someone like a Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett is going to be. Yeah, it really does, Greg. I mean, I think the key team to watch within the top 10 would be Carolina. Uh, Carolina, uh, Matt Rule, I, I think he's on a hot seat. Uh, this coming season, they got a new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo. He used to be with the Giants. He used to be the head coach, uh, but they need a quarterback. They they traded for Sam Darnold. It's not working out. Uh, they have a uh, less than patient owner, I should say, uh, and Tepper. And and he's a guy who went to Pitt. Uh, and Kenny Pickett, who went to Pitt. You know, there's a lot of ties right there. So it'll be interesting to see if Carolina stays at six and drafts a quarterback there, or do they trade down? Do they collect more draft choices because they can select a quarterback later on in the draft in the first round, as well as pick up a key player with that other pick if they did trade down. So uh, again, there's more intrigue, uh, but I, I think the action starts with that pick right there at number six with Carolina. Yep. I do agree with you there. And Kenny Pickett had an absolutely amazing year this year for Pittsburgh, but with that said, everyone's making such a big deal out of his hand size and everything like that as well. I mean, it's almost like 
we've gotten to the point where some of these quarterbacks are much like fashion models in which we're looking for every flaw humanly possible with them and be like, oh, we can't pick him now because he's got small hands. So that's always pretty much. (laughs) That's always very intriguing. But when it comes to the absolute top as well, Aiden Hutchinson right now is the favorite to go number one. We're finding him at minus 250 in a lot of spots. I think that he should be the favorite to go number one. I think that this is a little bit too lofty, though. I'm not sure what your thoughts are when it comes to the top of the board. Obviously, we've got an absence of quarterbacks there. The top one that you're finding is Malik Willis at 35 to one. I would be very, very surprised if any team winds up making a trade for Malik Willis at number one. But with that said, when it comes to odds to be number one, where would you wind up having Hutchinson slotted? Because I think that he should be the favorite, but I think minus 250 is just too lofty right now. Yeah, it is lofty. I mean, I think a few weeks ago, like before the pro days, there was a good chance to catch him. I think he might've been plus money because Evan Neal uh, might've been the favorite at that point, the offensive tackle. Uh, but, but Hutchinson, he, he emerged as the number one guy after the combine. Uh, and then you look at the pro days and, and, you know, certainly the interviews are going to be key too. And that that's something I, I would uh, relate to your audience right now. Uh, Greg is that, if you can find insiders for each NFL team, they do a really good job of covering the player interviews. And so you get a feel uh, on which players the teams could be high on and which player that team is really focusing in on in terms of selecting them before the draft. So I'm going to be following those player interviews, but I, I believe Hutchinson should be the number one guy. He's the best player on the board. Uh, but at this point, it's probably not a good bet. I, I would probably pass on that bet right there. And I think that you bring up something so fascinating as well, because I do a lot more when it comes to taking a look at the NBA draft rather than the NFL draft. And when it comes to the NBA draft, I always say this, you don't need to really know too much about these NBA teams. You really don't need to know a lot with regards to these college players themselves and what they wind up doing. You just need to be following Mr. Adrian Wojnarowski. He's telling you exactly what all these teams are taking a look at. And if you wind up following him, you can do Jack Diddley squat with regards to being able to cover either form of basketball. As long as you're following that guy and you're reading the tea leaves, you're able to come out relatively solid when it comes to the NBA draft. How much of that do you think is the case for the NFL? Because I feel like with the NFL, you need to know a little bit more about team needs. You need to know a little bit more about these guys in general. But I do feel like so much of it is being able to follow these guys like Adam Schefter, being able to follow, insert your big name NFL reporter here and taking a look and sort of putting like two and two reports together. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I mean, I I think if you're going to bet the NFL, then invest some time into finding out that key insider for each team in a national football league, 32 teams. I mean, Sheffield does a great job, but you know, he gets a collection of information from, from a collection of people. Uh, but uh, it, for instance, out in Denver, Mike Cliss, uh, he's a guy that's really tapped into the Denver Broncos. Um, uh, Troy rank is another one. Uh, you know, you can go to each, every city in the national football league and you can find them on Twitter uh, and they will have tidbits. They will have, uh, information that the team purposely puts out there uh, because, you know, that's the, that's the business of the national football league. They, they want to see how other teams are going to react to some information. And so they go through the insiders, but as a better, it's highly helpful. I, I, I used it last year uh, in some of my key bets that cashed for me. Uh, and so I, I think it's just paramount that, if you invest the time and find those key insiders for each team in the national football league, uh, that could help you out with cash and tickets as well. For those of you guys that like the new England Patriots, Mike Reese is Mr. New England as well. So there's one right, for you right. as well. I'm right there with you, Mike and Mike, we've got about, I would say 90 seconds remaining. Is there a team or two when it comes to NFL season wins, because these are available in a lot of spots say you've been taking a look at that. Maybe you're looking at with regards to a little bit of a bet right now, because I feel like a little bit more of the hay is in the barn with there being less mystery with the NFL draft than in past years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm looking at the, the 49ers right now, to be honest with you, because I, I know a lot of people have some pause and their trepidation about the quarterback situation, but I, I think they're going to be okay because it seems like they're going to hold on to Garoppolo 
which is not bad. I mean, they were half uh, half a game away in the NFC Championship game from going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and Garoppolo, hopefully, he'll be completely healed by by the, the beginning of the season. And then Trey Lance, he has to get better. And if he does get better, then they'll go ahead and trade Garoppolo. So uh, at the 49ers, I think they're sitting at ten. Uh, and I'm looking to go over that. I know it's juiced up a little bit to the over right now, but that's, that's a team that's got a good roster. Uh, they're well coached. And I think they're positioned to have a fine year coming up this season. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting in the NFC in general, because the 49ers, yeah. we saw them be able to win in Lambeau in the postseason. They got hot at the beginning mm-hmm. of, or at the end of the season. So I think that that is certainly going to be one to take a look at And Mike. I know that you're doing a great job of gauging all this for us over at VSIN, and we appreciate the time tonight. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Greg, and thanks a lot for having me. Have a great night. Always get to, great to get Mike on here, and he's going to be a big part of our NFL Draft coverage, and we were just talking NFL season wins with him, so let's continue the conversation on the other side right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's so finger looking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today, as it is a great Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And something else that we're serving up hot and fresh. Just takes all over the board when it comes to sports. We wound up hitting upon the final four a little bit earlier, and we'll be refreshing that in the final hour as well. If you miss out on anything in that sphere, vcin.com slash podcast, we've got you covered. Also, the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast that I wind up doing, that is going to be up in about 30 or so minutes. So we've got you covered in all aspects of that as well. So we've got you covered there. But let's take a look at these NFL season win totals as well. We hit upon them a little bit with our good friend, Mike Pritchard. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Does absolutely amazing work over here at VSIN. And it's going to be a big part of what we're going to be doing with our NFL draft coverage as well, which is going to be out here in lovely Las Vegas later on this month. That is going to be absolutely terrific. And what else is terrific is that we are starting to see a lot of these teams be able to crystallize their rosters a little bit more for the upcoming season. I don't think that we're going to be seeing a lot more plot twists. So, We've been wrong before. I mean, you just take a look at the last few weeks of quarterback movement in general in the NFL, and it has been so fascinating, but let's take a look at these AFC win totals and what we've all got right now. The New England Patriots starting out there in the AFC East. They're clocking in at 8.5. You've got the Buffalo Bills at 11.5. Jets are at 5.5, and the Dolphins are at 9. These are all via DraftKings, by the way. You've got the Colts at 9.5 when it comes to the AFC South, along with the Titans at 9.5. The Jaguars are at six, and the Houston Texans are bringing up the rear at four and a half. Currently, the Browns are off the board because we just don't know what's going to be happening with the Deshaun Watson situation. Does he wind up getting suspended? If he does wind up getting suspended for how many games? But Steelers are clocking in at nine and a half, Ravens nine and a half, Bengals at 10, and then out there in the AFC West, which this is going to be the most interesting division we've ever seen. You've got a whole bunch of 10s that are out there as well. The Chiefs, they're clocking in at 10.5. You've got the Broncos and the Chargers at a 10, and the Oakland Raiders are at 8.5. And the one that really catches my eye, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 7.5. When will we learn our lesson about betting against Mike Tomlin? I mean, I think that in hindsight, we're able to actually realize as well, Mitchell Trubisky might not be as bad of a quarterback as we thought because maybe it's just a case of what she had. Hmm, I don't know, a pair of bumbling buffoons as as coaches that had just no idea how to utilize them whatsoever. And the one thing that you do like about Mitchell Trubisky is that he certainly isn't a young Ben Roethlisberger and that he's not as stocky as he was, but a lot of the things that Ben Roethlisberger could do earlier in his career with regards to moving around with his feet, Mitchell Trubisky is able to do that as well. Now, I don't think that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be coming out and he's going to be going score sure or anything like that for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. And <clears throat> excuse me. And when it comes to what you're able to get with regards to the receiving core, we know that Juju Smith-Schuster has since moved on from this team as well. So that does wind up burning this bunch a little bit. But and you still have a couple nice weapons when it comes to this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I think that's an upgrade as to what he wound up having when he was with the Chicago Bears a few years ago. You're able to throw to someone like a Chase Claypool, I think is 
one of the more underrated players out there in the NFL. Najee Harris is now going to be in his second year as well. You can tell that early on in the year, the offensive line just was unable to open up holes for him. Now, I think the big thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers is being able to shore up that offensive line even just a little bit because the offensive line from what you wound up having during the 2020 season, so from 2020 to 2021, over half the starters were gone. So that is going to be very big for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're looking at some of their draft needs, I would put offensive line right towards the top of the list because they are going to need that because, I mean, this is a very sound defense. We wound up seeing TJ Watt wind up tying the record for most sacks in a season. He's very solid up front. Stephon Tulit is able to do a solid job along with Tyson Alu-Alu on that front seven. They do a nice job of being able to stuff the run, so we're able to feel solid there. You now wind up bringing in Miles Jack as well. Minka Fitzpatrick is still out there in the secondary, so I mean, this defense is locked, loaded, and it is going to be able to keep this team in the games. You just need to be able to keep Mitchell Trubisky out right and the fears that you wound up having with Ben Roethlisberger taking all those sacks last year, they're mitigated a little bit with the feet of Mitchell Trubisky. So I honestly think that seven half year for the Steelers is too small. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. The guy is just a winner. The guy, in my opinion, if he is not in your top five with regards to coaching rankings right now, like I would say if he's not in your top three in regards to NFL coaching rankings right now, I don't know what you're doing. This guy just knows how to be able to get the most out of his team. He will have absolutely no quit in him whatsoever. I mean, it's a case in which the Pittsburgh Steelers could be fighting for just absolutely nothing at the end of the year, and he's still going to be coaching those guys as if they're playing for like 15 world championships all at the same time. So I take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that that is the one that I take a look at with regards to a perspective of one that I think should be set a little bit higher than what it is. And then if you're taking a look at one that... I think it should be set a little bit lower. I just take a look at the Chargers, and there's just something I don't like about this team. I feel like everyone is anointed Justin Herbert just a little bit too early, and Justin Herbert is a terrific quarterback, but now you have to go up against the Chiefs, the Raiders, who you've got Derek Carr being able to hook up with Devontae Adams, which that was one of the scariest combinations in college football that we've seen this millennium, and now the Denver Broncos wind up bringing in Russell Wilson, and the only thing that the Denver Broncos was missing last year was any sort of a competent quarterback whatsoever. Now, with Russell Wilson, obviously, towards back half of the season, when he wanted coming back, he wasn't his full self. I think that he was rushed back. Now that you're going to have a full off season to be able to heal him, to be able to get him, just firing in all cylinders with regards to the staff in general, I think that it's going to lead to very good things. You're able to throw to Jerry Judy. You're able to throw to Cortland Sutton. I think that this team is going to be just fine, but... I do take a look at this Chargers team and I just have my trepidations here at 10 because I think that it's going to be a little bit of a war of attrition. And I think that you can liken the AFC West with what you wound up seeing with the NFC West last season in which you wound up seeing a case in which you could make an argument that you could have seen all four teams from the NFC West being able to make the postseason. Obviously, it was the Seattle Seahawks that were the letdown this last season. I attribute a lot of that to the Russell Wilson injury itself, but I take a look at this Chargers team, and the defense is solid, but it's a case in which I do think that the front seven does have a little bit of suspectability. I mean, I do like Joey Bosa. Jerry Tillery is relatively solid, and you do wind up making that trade for Khalil Mack, but when it comes to the secondary, you're going to need to have someone like Nasir Adderley be able to step up, help out Jerwin James, who I think is one of the best out there, but you do take a look at this Chargers team as well. When it comes to the weapons, you certainly have them. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, but this is a team that, with Brandon Staley going for it on fourth down the way that he does inside of his own side of the field, you live and die by the sword, and we noticed it towards back half last season. The Chargers were dying by the sword, it just feels like the Chargers are a team that they just can't get out of their own way. Now, a lot of that was that the old regime before Brandon Staley wound up getting in there, that was just absolutely atrocious. I mean, we can say whatever we want, but that was really, really bad. And Justin Herbert, from year number one to year number two, he had some very tremendous growth, but you do have to take a look at the 15 interceptions as well. And I don't think that you could just shrug them under the rug. I mean, he did wind up having five interceptions in the last five games of the season as well. So that is a little bit of an issue for 
Justin Herbert that he is going to need to overcome a little bit as well. So I do think that you've got a little bit of issues. Now, I do like the fact that the Chargers have a relatively solid offensive line. I do like the fact that you've got someone like a Corey Lindsley being able to protect him. So you should be able to have him firing all cylinders. You've got Austin Eckler, who I think is one of the best dual threat running backs you're going to find out there in the NFL, a guy that is able to get open for him. But I take a look at this Chargers team. I do think that the fact that they do wind up going for it a little bit too much on fourth down is going to be something that winds up costing him in a division that is just so blatantly tough. And I think that you still have to give your respect to the Kansas City Chiefs. In order to be the champ, you've got to beat the champ. I have full faith that Andy Reid is going to be able to get the most out of the weapons. I know that a lot of people are making a lot out of Tyreek Hill being out of the fold. I think that they're going to be able to find a way to be able to have these offseason acquisitions be very big for the team. Miko Hardman, I think, is going to be in for a little bit of a big year as well. There are just certain coaches in general that you want to be backing, and there are certain coaches that you want to be fading. I feel like the NFL, a lot of the attention, it winds up all going on these star quarterbacks. It winds up going on these great wide receivers, these guys that they're able to just completely lock you down when it comes to the corners. And I don't think that we give enough attention to the coaches because you take a look at the team that I like the most with regards to their season win total. It's banking on Mike Tomlin continuing to get the most out of his team. When it comes to the division of the AFC West, it's banking on Andy Reid being able to get the most out of the season acquisitions. And when it comes to fading the Chargers, it's all about Brandon Staley not being able to get out of his own way. He's got a Ferrari, and I have a feeling that he might wind up not necessarily doing the greatest job. He might get a couple miles per gallon, a little bit less than he would like to, as calculated the amount of miles it takes to get to the gas station wrong, and you wind up running out of gas with it. So that is something that I do think is worth taking a look at, and something else that's worth taking a look at, the NBA as well. We're going to be hitting the hardwood next, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Opening day of the baseball season and opening round of the Masters are on the same day, so that means that the first week of April is going to be jam-packed with betting intel from our experts. We'll be having a breakdown for every golfer in the field when it comes to Masters, plus futures bets and matchups. From the Long Shots crew, that would be Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, along with Matt Humans. Sign up today and you'll get full access to VSIN through the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft. This is all for just $19. That is at vsin.com slash spring. As it is a great Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And speaking of the baseball season, in the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience, we're going to be going hard and heavy with regards to some baseball futures. I'm going to be refreshing what I've all got in the final four as well. We wound up hitting that a little bit earlier this hour with Duke versus North Carolina. In the first hour, wound up giving my breakdown of Kansas versus Villanova. If you miss anything, vcin.com slash podcast. We've got you covered there. And then you've also also got the Greg Peterson podcast on the vcin network. That would be Coast to Coast Soups. That is going to be uploaded in about 15 or so minutes. So we've got you covered in a wide variety of ways there. And then in the final segment of the show, I will be recapping all that. So we've got you guys covered. But how about if we wind up taking a look, a bit of a look at the... Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Guys, that... They wind up getting a set paycheck with regards to playing basketball. That'd be out there in the NBA. We wound up seeing it once again on Friday. The LA Lakers wind up losing again. I mean, boy, there's just no backing this team. You hear it on every single talk radio show. You wind up seeing it on all these sports TV shows. Oh, the Lakers, this the Lakers, that. Why are we talking about this team? They're terrible. I mean, they lose again. They were a favorite to the Pelicans. They wind up losing by a count of 114 to 111. The only thing that we should be talking about with the Lakers is how many ways can we wind up baiting this team? I mean, you just take a look at it, and they have been the biggest disappointments I have seen in quite a long time. I mean, if you have been fading them, boy, oh boy, you've been able to make yourself a lot of money because if you take a look at the Lakers against the spread, they are now 32, 44, and one. That is absolutely putrid right there. And I think the only team that has really been worse against the spread out there in the conference has been the Houston Rockets. I will say this, the Jazz, they have not been covering a lot of numbers themselves. So they have been a little bit of a team that has been pooping the bed recently for you as well. But certainly things have not necessarily been terrific. And you're looking at the team that has really been able to make you some money going into Friday. The Detroit Pistons. 16-2-2 against the spread, and I think that they had something ridiculous like nine straight covers as an underdog. This has been a team that has actually been able to do a very solid job for you as an underdog. Now, as a favorite, things have been a little bit more suspect for our good friends the Detroit Pistons, but I do think that the D Detroit Pistons are giving you a solid effort. They're able to do a relatively solid job, and heck, we wound up seeing them hit the road against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were able to get the job done as the role of a favorite in this one, or I think that they were the role of a very slight underdog, actually, if you wind up taking a look at it. But the Detroit Pistons, they were able to get it done by kind of 110 to 101. They wind up closing as more around a four and a half point favorite. So they were indeed a favorite. They were able to get the job done. So they were able to cash for you in that respect as well. But you take a look at this Pistons team. Are they a team that's going to be going to the postseason or anything like that? No. But what you like about a team like the Detroit Pistons is that Unlike in past years where it becomes tank a palooza, this is still a team that has been able to give you an honest effort because 
They've got a lot of the guys that they're going to be looking to in the future for this team. You'll be able to get something very solid out of someone like Killian Ace. Can't you wind up having Kate Cunningham only wind up playing eight minutes in this contest. So that is something that you certainly do want to be noting because Cunningham has been able to come on down the stretch. He wound up dealing with a couple of injury woes towards the beginning part of the season, towards the middle part of the season here. He has been able to pick up a little bit of steam. So certainly be checking in on his status because without him in the fold, I think that the Pistons could wind up struggling a little bit, but certainly has been a good run of things recently for this Detroit Pistons team. And it was very intriguing because it was a thing that they wound up saying officially with regards to why Kate Cunningham and along with that, Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay, the reason why they didn't wind up playing after about the first quarter is that there was a combination of minor injury concerns and travel. So you wind up having that going on as well. So you want to be checking in on the status of those teams because it does wind up getting into the dog days of the season. You've only got a couple games left, but I do think that it's going to be intriguing to see what you're going to be able to get out of them moving forward. And then when it comes to the teams that are going to be fighting for those top seeds as well, I know that there have been a lot of people that are saying, oh, maybe a team doesn't want to getting the one seed because the Brooklyn Nets are probably going to be the opponent that that one seed out East winds up facing. But I think we've noticed that with the Milwaukee Bucks, they do want that challenge. They do want that smoke because you wound up seeing it a couple nights ago against the Brooklyn Nets, but they wound up running into a team in the LA Clippers that all of a sudden they've got a lot to play for. Clippers, they have been able to really be able to find it a little bit more recently. Paul George, as we know, he has been out for quite some time being able to get him back in the fold. That should be able to help out this team moving forward. And even without him in the game against the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday, they were able to put up 153 points as you wound up having a 23 of 43 three-point shooting sizzler from this team. Just a case in which the Milwaukee Bucks could not wind up getting anything to go for them on defense in this one. As the Clippers did as a collective 61% from Fort Robert Covington. A career night of 43 points. A guy that was averaging 8 points per contest. So just one of those world of the weird sort of situations there. But I do think that the Clippers are a team that you maybe want to be taking a look at because they have been able to do a little bit more of a solid job down the stretch. And if nothing else, this has been a team that has really been able to cash you quite a few overs as well with the way that they've been playing. They've been taking a lot of threes. They've been giving up a lot of threes. So I do think that it's going to be very fascinating to see what you wind up getting out there as well. And when it comes to what you're going to be able to get, out of that Eastern Conference as well. I do think that the Bucs are starting to fortify themselves a little bit. I still feel like the biggest unknown is what we're going to be able to get moving forward out of the teams that are outside the top few slots. What are you going to be able to get out of a team that might be lurking around a little bit like the Chicago Bulls? Because we know that the Bulls have been dealing with their injury concerns. You've had DeMar DeRozan. In terms of sheer points, actually wind up coming into the night as the sheer points and points itself leader, because the scoring champ is based on points per game, which I think is stupid. I think that you should be rewarded for playing every single game, like someone who has been playing it night in and night out, like a DeMar DeRozan. I know that Trey Young is towards the top of this list as well. I would rather see those guys get rewarded rather than LeBron James, who winds up missing like 20 games or something like that, wind up getting the scoring title that I just... Does not wind up sitting well with me, but you take a look at this Bulls team. As of right now, they sit at the five seed. They're about four games out of the top spot, which currently belongs to the Miami Heat, which if you're looking at a fragile one seed, that'd be the Miami Heat because Jimmy Butler has been shooting about 15% from three-point range last month plus, so it's not necessarily been too terrific, but I do think that there is a little bit of potential for this Bulls team moving forward. I think the big thing is just having Lonzo Ball out there because he just resumed rehab after a little bit of a pause. I think that you want to be checking in on his status moving forward because it's just been a Bulls team that they've been hit by so many different injuries. That's not even funny. We mentioned the Lonzo Ball injury, but on top of that, they were really thinking that Patrick Williams, when they wound up taking him in the draft out of Florida State, that they were going for an absolute home run. They were thinking that he could be really the second coming for this team and well, he just hasn't been able to get out there in general. It sounds like there's a straight chance that if this Bulls team is able to make a run in the postseason, he could be a little bit of a part of that as well. You've also been dealing with some up and on injuries with Zach Levine this year as well. He has been dealing with a little bit of a knee issue as well. But if you're able to get him out there, if you're able to get Lonzo Ball for a postseason run, I do think that there is a little bit of value when it comes to the Chicago Bulls team as well. And then you've obviously got a fascinating team in the Boston Celtics, which 
if there's a team that they really rely upon one guy, it is the Boston Celtics. I mean, you're able to talk about this with the Milwaukee Bucks as well, with all that Giannis has been able to do. But Jason Tatum is the Boston Celtics right now. He has been able to put up just some absolutely massive numbers for this team once again in the win that they wound up getting against the Indiana Pacers on Friday. Winds up going for 31-6-6. Guy's been absolutely tremendous for this team, even with dealing with a few ailments of their own. The Boston Celtics have been able to really find themselves and really has been the most inconsistent team in the NBA the last two years because they are so touch and go with regards to what you're able to get out of him. And I do think that if you're able to get Robert Williams healthy for the postseason, which he sounds like he's going to be out for four to six weeks. So that is no doubt an issue. But I do think that with regards to the spots in Celtics team, you want to be gauging them moving forward. What are you going to be able to get out of Grant Williams? What are you going to be able to get out of Al Horford in these games in which you don't wind up having Robert Williams out there on the floor? I think it's just so much intrigue. The Eastern Conference, I feel like, is about as wide open as wide open gets. I do think that the Phoenix Suns, with all that they've been able to do, they should be right there with the Golden State Warriors, those two teams, duking it out out west. But I do think that when it comes to the east, a lot of storylines, Philadelphia 76ers, they're down to the four seed at this point. So it's going to be fascinating to take a look at that. So if you wound up taking a lot of plus money with regards to futures out east, I think that you're going to be very successful. And when it comes to taking some futures, you're able to do that right now with the MLB. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some of these MLB season win totals and teams I'm high slash low on coming into the season. That's up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 